Hi there and welcome to the Eurogamer newscast and this week we're talking about video game adaptations uh, in the wake of the brilliant The Last of Us which everybody is talking about. Joining me this week it's Eurogamer's news reporting team as ever Ed Nightingale. Hello. Victoria Kennedy. Hello. And I'm Tom Phillips and yeah if you haven't been living under a rock you will know that The Last of Us is out now. It's just broadcast its third episode for us at the moment and it's uh, hugely critically acclaimed, especially that third episode, and we'll be talking a bit about that in a bit. Uh, and there's definitely a lot of conversation that this is sort of a new high watermark for video game adaptations and TV or movies. And there's some people have been saying this is sort of the first really good one, but I think that there's others already that have been uh, made that are worth recommending. There's also been quite a few made that perhaps <laughs> are not worth your time on um but yeah ed uh do you do you believe that the last of us is the the first really great one have, have there been others that you've seen in the past that you've really enjoyed um i don't think it's the first great one i think that there is more i guess prestige about this because they are trying to make this a big prestige tv show so there's a massive budget behind it um and it's a bit more serious compared to say something like sonic or detective pikachu or something like that that's clearly a sort of animation for children um this is clearly going for that much more mature adult serious kind of vibe um so i think because of that people are just taking it more seriously or at least the critics are taking it more seriously um so for me it's definitely up there i think it is one of the best um I mean, I'm sure Victoria will talk about it more because Victoria is our The Last of Us expert. But I, I have very much enjoyed enjoyed watching it. Um, and that third episode is pretty spectacular. Um, but yeah, I think there have been other good ones in the past. What have um, you really enjoyed? Um, I, I mean, there have been a few that have been a bit sort of quite fun, even though they're bad. Um, they're the yeah, best ones yeah um, <laughs> things like um, like the very first Resident Evil movie with Miljokovic I remember wasn't really that close to the game and my residing memory is the bit with the lasers going through the eye which was horrible How um, old were but you that's you definitely that? stuck in my mind oh, for about 12 um, <laughs> maybe Actually, I can't remember when that came out um, or like Silent Hill I saw that quite recently with Sean Bean um, God, I that remember was that actually okay. <laughs> uh, I, I worked at the cinema at the time as a student job, and I remember coming out that coming out and watching it because, you know, that was what you just did. I uh, just watched everything that came out, and it was okay. I'm not a big Silent Hill fan, though. It was just an okay horror film with a lot the, of fog. The thing I yeah. remember most about that film is Sean Bean's character. And I won't give away any spoilers, but there's a particular reason I remember that character because it's unlike other Sean Bean characters. <laughs> I think that gives it away. But yeah. Uh... <laughs> or does, does, it? It? does it? What is Sean Bean famous for? Uh... <laughs> I think what was interesting about... Because I, I watched that right quite recently and I hadn't played the game. I have now since played a little bit of Silent Hill 2. Um, but because of that, I didn't have that comparison point. And I think that is often... The sticking point with these sorts of things is 
how close is it to the game? Because if it's too far away, the fans say, oh, well, it's it's nothing like the games and it's too different. And if it's too close, it's, well, what was the point in this? Because I could just play the game instead. So I think there's a real balancing act between, and this is something I think The Last of Us gets right, between taking the essence of the game, but still putting something different into it and telling maybe a slightly different story. Um, and that's one thing I really like about The Last of Us is that it feels like it is the essence of the game. They've really got the vibe in terms of the set design and the music and all those sorts of things. But then the story they're telling is slightly tweaked so that it works better for TV, which is what this is. Mm -hmm. You you should work for the medium that you are adapting to. Um, So I think that gets it right. Um, I think other ones that also get that right are actually the Sonic movie was really fun. Um, the first one was maybe a little bit too far away from the games, but that's because it's ultimately Sonic in the real world, which you don't expect and don't think would work. But I feel like they really lean into that and just make it a comedy, um, which actually becomes really fun. Um, the second Sonic movie has way more Sonic references in it, so I actually preferred it, but it still has that mix of of fantasy and reality, um, cartoon and real world that that for me kind of really works um and i think detective pikachu did that really well as well um that that was one of the first times that i'd seen sort of pokemon just roaming around and what what would the real world look like if we literally lived with pokemon um Mm. you know know, the the story wasn't always amazing but i think that essence of it i think they did really well the opening bit where they're kind of showing like how pokemon and people kind of cohabitate in this world or whatever and my daughter absolutely lost it when there were squirtles helping fight fire with the firemen <laughs> she was just like oh it's very my cute. god <laughs> like, she's like we have there's a lot of squirtle. great stuff <laughs> yeah the uh the the weird licky tongue on the train the Ooh. uh yeah. the mr mime it's very yeah <laughs> ludicolo in the bar i mean all of these things you know if you ever wondered what these pokemon would actually look like in the real world they did a really good job of that they showed a lot of it in the trailer Actually, I remember watching that film and then thinking, hmm, I've seen kind that, seen this and that, and that. Yeah. Uh, and the ending is just, there's, there's just no logic to it whatsoever. And that is, you know, taking into account that it's a film about these But did you creatures. enjoy the ride to get there? I enjoyed everything but like the last <laughs> 10 minutes and then it just made no sense. But the, the, Detective Pikachu is an interesting thing to talk about because it is an adaptation, right? And it, it is based pretty closely on a video game um detective pikachu that came out on 3ds which was good and uh, they adapted most of the story from it uh but they made it work well up until the last 10 minutes they made it work for the big screen and of course you know everyone loves that film because of ryan reynolds and his sort of take on detective pikachu um giving him that personality um Going back to The Last of Us, Victoria, you've been doing our weekly recaps. So yes. episode three kind of stands out because while the first two pretty much follow the games, mm-hmm. um, the third one is uh, a lot more of an original um, take. You, you don't see a lot of the events that episode three uh, portrays if you play the game. And um, yeah, do you want to like talk a little bit about that and why it works so well? Because people seem to love this episode. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, a lot of the credit there has to go also to the, gosh, sorry, my dog wants to play, has to go to the actors because Frank and Bill, who are played by Murray Bartlett and Nick Offerman, they were so 
invested in their role and they gave a real beautiful very human performance i know that they are humans but what i mean is like they brought the humanity to the performance so they definitely need some credit they're um, not clickers no they're definitely not clickers no um for me that episode when i played the game and i i remember saying this whenever we were talking about what we're looking forward to in 2023 and i said that i love the last of us because of the stories of the people in that world it's not about like fighting zombies and being a run and gun kind of person like i love the narrative that is in this world and i always felt really quite sad that in the game bill and frank's story is really very miserable um it's not elaborated on in any way that there are some like aspects that you might not even find because um i'm trying not to give away any spoilers i realize it's an old game now but that there's a collectible in the game that you can easily miss um and then that is a note that you give to bill and he might not read it kind of thing so not only did they make sure that the story got told and gave these characters a voice they also i think told it in a much i i don't, I, I want to say a better way like i was really really pleased with how that narrative played out and i was expecting things to happen in the show that didn't um and i i did write this in my uh, sort of discussion piece on episode three there were some things that i was expecting and weren't there um and i assume they'll be implemented later and down the line i obviously don't know yet um but i just I, I just love that, and I love the way that they use Bill and Frank's story and how it concluded. This is really hard not to do it with spoilers, my goodness. Uh, that the final like message that Bill leaves to Joel in that episode is a really nice way of setting up kind of some of Joel's motivations and outlooks, I suppose, and like it, it'll help. It you know it will affect these main characters that in the game we're pretty much tied to. So it's quite good that they've managed to make this story about these two characters that were very overlooked in the game, but how they will still impact the narrative going forward, even though they're not going to be the focus in future episodes. Mm. I think Bill sort of plays a similar role in the game in terms of a bit of a warning to Joel of if you push people away and isolate yourself, you're going to be miserable. Um, but they sort of have a similar message, again, without spoiling the thing, similar message in the show but through a slightly more positive lens, which yes. I really liked. I did also like the fact that even though, because I always, I, I, again, I wrote this already, but like, you know, Bill's section in the game is very much, it's a stop in the road. It's where you go and like you learn how to make the nail bombs and things and you kind of stock up your supplies a little bit. And I like the fact that in the show, they also did show that that's where Joel and Ellie could stock up and get supplies, which is <laughs> like, I thought that was quite cool that they still had it as this place where they will get the resources and things that they need. I thought it was a nice element to keep. Mm. Um, I saw show. a tweet from someone that that was saying, you know, that actually they would love to have a sort of anthology series that is just lots of short stories in the world, and I quite like I that. Think that'd this, be really interesting. This, this is like that because it's just it's just one complete story in one episode, and as much as yes, we're following Joel and Ellie, it would be lovely to sort of see different sides of how have people coped with this apocalypse. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that that is uh, something the TV show has a really good. Um, way of showing that you know you can't do if you're playing as a character in a video game or a couple of characters you know mm. I, I looking at this episode I've, I've not seen it yet i've only seen the first but i really loved the opening of the first episode you know you have that prologue with john hannah as the um mycology expert and you you see all of sarah's day leading up to 
sort of where the game begins and you know it's the mundane things but it's the world building that that, that comes mm-hmm. with that and uh, it just helps build out the world you know I'm, I'm interested to see how they fit in the left behind dlc into the story but they could just do an entire episode flashback to that you know mm-hmm. it doesn't need to uh, necessarily be you know, part of the narrative they could just be like right we're gonna have ellie do a uh, just reminisce at a certain point in the story and we're going to show those scenes and I then i think when so... you oh sorry i was gonna say so gonna... with frank and um, bill's story because it was told over 20 years it's not just the present day which i think also really benefited the narrative mm. i could see season two opening with um a lot of backstory on characters like abby and them using you know space in the show that they didn't have in the game to to uh show more of that uh, and they've now got a season two so we shall mm-hmm. find out whenever they uh and everyone thinks shannon berry is going to be abby and if they do that would be such a good choice but i've seen you that speculation seen yeah. shannon berry i watched her in the wilds and she was very good so we shall yeah see. yeah i think that'd be a good choice i think the last of us has um because you know there are adaptations which work well because they are uh creative and new and then there are adaptations which work well because they are really um honest and and they follow the storytelling of the games to the letter and i think the last of us charts the right path through that and i think that is different for every game so like sonic as you were mentioning ed you probably don't want to do the story of the green hill zone if you're doing as <laughs> as interesting as I mean, that might be not much story <laughs> Well, I mean, I say this, but then I was going to turn to you and be like, Ed, you are like Sonic lore fan number one. Uh, is there a story there that they could have adapted? Well, every Sonic game is just Robotnik, and I will still call him Robotnik, not Eggman. Um, kind of just steals Sonic's friends and turns them into badniks, and then Sonic has to save them. And that's it. It's just a different variation on that. Um, and then in later games, they go very off-piste and weird. Um, so I, I guess with a character like Sonic in that kind of world, there's a bit more freedom to play around and do something a bit silly. Um, whereas the last of us, I think is, well, they still do play around with it, I guess, but it's, it's much more serious and has a much more strict narrative to follow. Yeah. I think with the last of us, even though they are making tweaks, to the narrative, we do know that it will, it, it's, it's like following a very flexible framework. I think it's still got the sort of the core line of the story that they're telling. And so while they are veering off bits, they're still never going like so off piece that they can't come back and loop it into the story that people know from the game. And I'm pretty sure it will conclude in the same way. I'm curious where, if they are going to split season two and if they're going to split part two into two seasons where they do the season break, is it like perhaps quite an obvious one that's quite early Mm. in the game or do they just literally cut it down the middle and... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, okay, an adaptation I really wanted to talk about is Arcane because I think that uh, that is a really good example of a storytelling thing which, as you were talking about, Victoria, just allows um, a story to exist in a world that already is there but isn't necessarily part of the game that it's based on. And for me, I didn't know League of Legends really at all. I knew, you know, I knew what it was, but I never played a match wasn't interested in the world the lore the characters and yet all of those things came to life in this really beautiful animated show 
that came out i think in 2021 on netflix um and there's a there is another season coming hopefully later this year but it just used those characters and you know paid homage to their uh main character traits and abilities in the game but basically told a story that had the freedom to basically do what it wanted um i think the story is supposed to be something of a prequel to the games so obviously they can't you know go crazy with what they want to do um and like blow up the world but uh <laughs> although yeah uh it is a really really good <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay well i'm just thinking <laughs> it is a really really special adaptation and for me i watched it through and i was just engrossed by the characters and the storytelling um and I immediately watched it again how because much it was so good. Is the story that was told, or how much of it do you think was the way it was presented? In the sense that it's not like Arca- Arcane's not live action, is it? Is that the right? I'm thinking about the right one, aren't I? It's the anime. It's a really beautiful animation. Yeah. Like, do you think that the animation is just really fun to watch? To too. the fact, like, to your enjoyment that it was presented in that style. It's the, it's the characters and the storytelling. The the characters that they uh, show. Um, it's not really a spoiler to say because the marketing for the game shows the two sisters who are the protagonists, really, um, growing up. But when you start the series, you see them at a younger point in their lives and you meet a lot of the characters who are part of the big narrative of the series several years before the main narrative really kicks off. And you just get this sense that you've known these characters all of their lives. You've sort of grown up with them a bit. You know where they're coming from because you've seen them as kids and, you know, in quite an innocent, well, there are bits of it that definitely aren't innocent, but in a more innocent setting before these people become the people that they are in the games and, you know, they are as they sort of, they all sort of get to certain points on the, not the world stage, but like importance within the city that Arcane is set within. And I think, yeah, the way that those characters are built up, the way they're written, you understand all of their, uh, all of their like impetuses, all of their narrative drives, and the way and, and the way that they all interact as the story unfolds is, is very very interesting. And, so will the next yeah. season follow the same characters. Yeah, the first a whole new story. The first season ended at a point where certainly you're expecting the show to pick up from there and probably expand the world out. I think the creators have said that the first season was very much about the city, but there is a whole world out there. And towards the end of the season, you start to get a bit more of a feel um, of maybe another city, another faction. You start to, you know, the the focus pulls out a bit more. Um, So yeah, I would imagine We'll see some more bits of the world, but uh, there's only a lot of characters from the first season that everyone who watched it and loved it is very eager to catch up with. It reminds Netflix me... Defi- um... Sorry. Oh, no, after you. I was going to say, Netflix are definitely on a positive run at the moment. I was like, say. They've had that. Um, Castlevania I haven't watched, but I've just been reminded of because it's another animation that I think people have really enjoyed watching. Um, there's obviously Cyberpunk that, that was decent. I No, I didn't finish it, but... What I, what I watched, I really liked. And I think it's because, again, it's got that balance of there are Easter eggs for people who know the game. 
um and just little things like the little sound effects and ui bits and pieces like crop up in it which is really nice but if you play the game but it tells a very specific succinct story um which is something the game didn't do um so <laughs> i kind of really enjoyed that about the anime um so that's a really good adaptation and then there's the witcher as well which has obviously been a big deal for them um so yeah netflix are definitely on a on a good run i'd say yeah, they haven't cancelled any video game related shows <laughs> Which as far is as a I'm surprise. aware of on like some of their other stuff. I've not actually thought about that, yeah. Go video just, games. Uh, and it's got a Tomb Raider anime possibly. coming to it. Mm. Yeah. It, oh no, it had the Resident that? Evil one. That got cancelled. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, they, it did, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> I just remembered that one. Um, which I didn't I watch. don't think any of us here watched it, but I, I, rem- I remember a certain plot point being uh talked about and it just seemed like the worst thing in the world which is when that girl talks about watching it came up in our quiz disney last, porn i think yeah oh yeah it did yeah. Yeah. oh that's the porn? only clip of it i've seen i've also seen and them discussing, i do not wish to see anymore uh i saw quite a few clips and there were other ones of them discussing like spongebob squarepants and things it was all very couldn't quite decide on the direction its narrative wanted to or the tone it wanted to go with its narrative i gather but i've only mm. seen clips so but Tomb Raider, I'm excited about. So what is that story going to tell? Now, I don't actually have Netflix, so this thing I will have to look into a little bit further. But the Tomb Raider anime, whenever it does release, because I know it's still in the works, is going to be following, I'm pretty sure, the story of Lara after Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh. Right. I'm pretty sure. So Is that the be... last one of the old games before the reboot? No, 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 that's the last one of the reboot. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm remembering this right. So that's the one, um, yeah, from this most recent trilogy, which came out in 2018. For some reason, I thought Rise of the Tomb Raider was the last one, but that was the middle one. That was the middle one. That yes. was in two of the three. Um, but, you yeah, oh, know, as, as she rises and then she becomes a shadow. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but as you guys know, I'm very fond of Lara and I will watch anything and everything with her in it, so which I can tell you about my favorite video game adaptation if you would like me to. <laughs> Is it a Tomb Raider one? Imagine if I just threw like a massive curveball now and said something completely different. Well, but... it might be The Last of Us now. I don't know. Oh, no, I am very much enjoying The Last of Us. But if I ever need, like, if, I, if I'm ever having just like a really rubbish day and I just want to ping something on, even if it's in the background, I will always go to Angela Jolie's outing as Lara Croft in the first Tomb Raider. I absolutely love that film. I just think it's brilliant and it's not brilliant because it's good but it's brilliant because it's like because <laughs> it's, it's bad ju- it's just <laughs> it's that like i just love in that that film we have like the american Angela jolie playing a british lara croft with a british daniel craig playing an american alex west and then what they've only got ace rimmer in there as well as the butler winston like <laughs> that's amazing chris barry chris yeah. barry i'm so gutted that in that like I was waiting for Lara to ask him to smoke her a kipper at some point, and she never did. And I think that was such a wasted opportunity because that would have been brilliant if she had done that. But that film has everything from the games in the sense of like, you know, it's got her dual pistols, it's got her little hot pants, she's on a motorbike. They go to these far-flung places with these ludicrous temple designs, and it's just wonderful. I mean, she is, is very, very well cast in that role. Like nobody else could play Lara in that way. Yeah, she's definitely got that. the more recent film, but yeah. 
Yeah, I think Alicia Vikander did a really good job of doing like the rebooted version of Lara Croft, but for sort of classic Lara Croft, Angela was so well yeah. cast. Um, and I just love that film. And like, I can probably, I'll be that really annoying person. If we ever sit down and watch it together, I will like be that person talking along and reciting all the lines with it. So it's even got you too doing the soundtrack or bits of the soundtrack. Like <laughs> it's most like... And this is why you're recommending it? Or... Well, no, but like, it's just like such a sort of random concoction of stuff, but I just love it. I think it definitely, it works as a franchise, which you can look at and think, oh yeah, that I can see why they're making a film of that. Not only was it insanely popular with a really strong lead character, um, an elite character that was, let's face it, designed for the male gaze. So you're going to get men to watch this film. But uh, it it also is just, you know, that, that franchise is based on Saturday afternoon matinee, like Indiana Jones style adventures. Uncharted, another good example. You know, I wasn't shocked to see that Sony wanted to do a film version of that. And, and, and they did. Um, they did. And now they're doing another so well, they've called it a franchise so i enjoyed yeah. the uncharted film for different reasons when when the uncharted film came out i really liked the fact that it was it was last february actually soon after i started here um but it was last february and it was just the the world had some had some very bleak news going on and it was really dark and i remember going to the cinema to watch uncharted and i just loved the fact that there was some fairly easy plot and like lovely set pieces and so i, I appreciated uncharted for that time that it released and Tom Holland, which still yet to see is him. you know a lot of people's gaze. Um, He's a winner. I mean, I don't, I don't have nothing against Tom Holland, but every time I see him, I just see Tom Holland. I definitely did not see Nate Drake there. I think they cast um, Chloe really well, Sophia Ali, who actually, now I think about it, is also in the Wilds with Shannon Berry, who people say should play Abby. So mm-hmm. there you go. I've also speaking of. Well, thinking of really bad ones, I've also just remembered the Doom film with the oh, rock, with Rosamund Pike, which is so go, bad. And it's a Carl Urban. It's a Carl Urban. It's so bad. I just remember there's one bit right at the end where it suddenly switches to first person, and it's like this first person action scene, and it's like you're playing the game. And I was like, oh, this is quite good. <laughs> the rest of it's awful. See, if they'd done um, Uncharted like they did that Nate Leon, uh sort of fan made one, that would have been amazing. And they actually did bits where they would yes. like pan over his shoulders. So he jumped out the window and then it was like you were going into gameplay. Another really bad one is the Monster Hunter film, which is <laughs> so, so bad. Never because seen it's just, it's, it's, it's like Miljokovic and this group of like military grunts who get transported oh, in, a, yeah. in a tornado to so another get, world like... of Monster Hunter. <laughs> and I'm like, what? It's just... <laughs> It, it has so little to do with the game. It's just using the name of it. And uh, okay, there's a bow and arrow and a hunter but like and some monsters, but it's so bad. I just remember lots of her just running across fairly boring plains of land. And it's Yeah, and it's the typical thing of <laughs> she should have died about 30 seconds into the film. And yet, miraculously, there's two hours worth of this. Um, it's really bad. I completely forgot that that film existed and came out and then we actually covered it a little bit on Eurogamer and there was a controversy about a racist joke in the film that got pulled before it, I believe it got pulled before it was oh, released in the West. I did not know that. Uh, know that. You can read about it on Eurogamer, but the, yeah, I, that just looked terrible. I'd forgotten it even came out. Um, go on did in. either of you watch um, The Witcher as well on Netflix? I've still not got around to watching it. 
Mm. I don't have Netflix. So. You, but, you're not a fan, Ed? Um, I am a fan in that I enjoyed it and I enjoy Henry Cavill. Um, of course. I, I much preferred the first season to the second because I think what's interesting about the Witcher adaptation is that it's clearly come about because the game has become so popular, or at least the Witcher 3. Um, but the TV show is very much based on the books. So I went back and read the books before I watched the show, or at least the first couple of books. And the first couple of books are a series of short stories. And the first series, every episode relates to one of those stories. And I really like that because it's got that anthology kind of feel. Um, and like, what's great about The Witcher is seeing Geralt witchering. Like, I want to see witchering. I want to see him out, like, stalking monsters and battling them and, and being a witcher. And there's quite a bit of that in the first season, which is great. And then the second season is still based on one of the later books, but it's one of the novels. And it's just a much more sort of longer, series-long story about Geralt and Ciri. And I kind of don't care as much about that. It sort of becomes a bit more political between elves and magicians and whatever else and and what's great about Geralt as a character is that he's very much in the middle of it all and he has shades of grey and he's not really good or evil he sort of works on his own plane but I just want to see him being a witcher and there's just not enough of that in the second series it just focuses on other stuff that I'm much less interested in um so yeah I I kind of I, I just want a series focused very much on Geralt will you keep watching with the cast change Probably, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a sucker for it and I'll watch it. I watched the first two episodes of Blood Origins, which is the new miniseries, and it has zero to do with anything that relates to the games or the books or anything. I did and see do not watch it. It's really bad. Very that really just reviews came that. out. And... <laughs> yeah. I'm Michelle not sure great, coming but... out, it came out Christmas Day. I'm not sure that was. I watched right it with my time. family and we were all just sat there like, what is this? <laughs> like, is that what people want to watch from Christmas Day? It's like, no, no, I don't want to watch It's a Wonderful Life. I want to watch a prequel to this nerdy fantasy show. With a terrible with... script. Yeah. That, to me, just felt like Netflix wanted the franchise and wanted the spinoff. And then, I don't know why they really stick Christmas. I've not heard much good about it. Well, The Witch has come out every Christmas. Or at least in December. So it was them... Trying to Sticking replace with the it. Christmas release, yeah. Mm. But on Christmas Day, nah. really? <laughs> mm. All right, question for you guys. Then we obviously have loads of video game adaptations in the works. Which one are you looking forward to the most? Uh, Mario, because it'll probably be awful, but I'll enjoy it. Hmm. That's the obvious one because that's that to me looks like one that is very. Or at least, well, I guess there's a lot of references in it, but it feels like it's quite close to the games. I don't feel like they're going very far away from them. I I, I look at it almost like as a, um, a parody, right? And you sort of have to when you can tell that Seth Rogen's, it just he's just Seth Rogen. He's not Donkey Kong. Yeah. And <laughs> Mario is, is going to be um, Chris Pratt. Uh, and it's got that kind of humor as well. It's, you know, it's slightly self-referential. People know the material and the world so well that I think they're going to have some fun with it. So when I say it's going to be awful, I, I don't actually think that. I, I think that's, I think it will be, in, I think it'll be an enjoyable watch. Uh, 
and probably not that not much more than that it's going to be very lightweight but funny i definitely think it, I mean, it's illumination and i think it's very much going to be like the minions films but reskinned with mario like it's yeah even from the trailers we've seen it's it's very obvious that it is that studio i think yeah the, the penguins getting melted by bowser i mean that's just that could be a that could be from despicable me so yeah I'm, I'm intrigued to see how like gran turismo can be turned into a film um, they're, they're doing the live action well it's live action but they're doing the story of the guy who played Gran Turismo as a kid and actually became a racing driver which is a true story mm. so it's, it's could based be quite on interesting. Um, and they're doing Horizon aren't they, is that a TV show rather than a film yeah it's a TV show because that, that I think has got a lot of potential but I think it will hinge very much on who plays Aloy I loved your uh, picture that you actually put up for Tom, um, of Tom, that you put up, Tom, of um, the girl from Game of Thrones. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah, that one. Yeah. What's her uh, name? Anyway, um, I like. I now just like whenever I picture Eloy, now I picture her. Because they're together in real life, aren't they? They are. They are Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie. There That's you go. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I think she'd be the perfect Aloy. So hopefully, Sony hurry up and make that. I think it'd be quite good as well. Um, like the rumors that we've seen about that one, saying that it's also going to cover like the fall of humanity and seeing more of that. Like I know you see it, uh, the fall of humanity in like video logs or whatever in Horizon, but I think that'd be quite interesting to see to see Elspeth, Elspeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elspeth. that one. So I think it'll be yeah. That seems to me a more grounded story that's easier to tell in a TV show on a significantly smaller budget <laughs> where it's not, you know, like robot dinos- dinosaurs every single shot. Mm. Yes. I think what other ones there are. God of War as well. Twisted Metal. Which Basically every Sony franchise yeah. is being turned into uh, uh, a, a TV show or a film. And maybe if Xbox had more, we'd be seeing more Halo TV style. We'd be seeing Marcus Halo Phoenix's but instead well. of uh, Master Chief. I mean, Halo is getting a second season, so... What Why? more of him can they show at this point? We've seen his head. <laughs> we've seen his bum. Close above the ankle. <laughs> Maybe on that, on that note, <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> wow. uh, we, we can dream. Um, thank you if you've made it this far it's much appreciated uh, thank you Ed and Victoria where can people find you on Twitter Ed you can find me at Ed underscore Knights and uh, Victoria I am Lil Chop Shop Gal and I'm at Tom Phillips EG thanks for watching everyone we'll see you next time bye 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 see you then